shit and paper on this player haters old news money on the other line so I'm ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of i'm not gonna hold you man as usual i am your host scott you know where to follow me at barb chair scott on Twitter and Instagram, man, you can follow HB Media at HB Media TV on Twitter and at HB Media on Instagram, man. As usual, you can follow the network, my brand, the Barber's Chair Network, on Twitter and Instagram at Barber's Chair Net. Uh, you can subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. You got the $5 summer sessions package if you just want to listen to summer sessions with me, Pav, Damian, Flows. And if we made the announcement last week, that summer sessions is an official Patreon exclusive now. So if you want to hear the guys, you can no longer listen to it on the free feed. So get in tune with us on Patreon. And you have the $10 package where you get not only the uh, summer sessions episode, you get everything else we've got on the pod, including the WWE Top 20. Hosted by Pierce, Rob, and Chris over there with Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Of course, you got 79th and Hallis. You get the preview pods. And we're doing video now for the 79th and Hallis Podcast, which will be exclusive only on the Barbershare All Access Package. And you can get our post-game videos live from Soldier Field and on the road, which we'll be doing this week in Vegas. Uh, yeah, man, so get into it with all that. So let's just get right into it, man. Uh, it is Thursday, October 6th. October 7th, my bad. We're recording this on the 6th. When you're watching this, it'll be the 7th. Uh, and it's a, it's a big day in sports. The MLB playoffs, the DSs, kick off today. Uh, my White Sox in it. They'll be going up against the Houston Astros. You see I'm repping. You know what I'm saying? Got my hoodie on. Got my Southside Hitman on. Man, we're getting ready for, for the long run. The NLDS will be kicking off. Now, as we're recording this, I will not be previewing the NLDS because... The fucking wild card game ain't been played as we're recording this. Wild card game is on Wednesday as we're recording this, so I don't know who the fuck's gonna win that. By the time you watch that, that should be dated. So we will get into the AL wild card recap and everything in a minute. But I want to start with my sound off this week, and this sound off goes off to Urban Meyer, Big Herb. Had him a very interesting week. Now, of course, last week they lost again with a nice little comeback win by the Cincinnati Bengals led by uh, Joe Burrow, and they had a loss again even though Trevor Lawrence played well. And it was probably the best-played game that the Jaguars have had all season. And this is where it gets interesting. Saturday night, you know, everybody's enjoying, you know, a little college football and, you know, everything going on. We've seen pictures and video of Urban Meyer, Big Herb, having a night out on the town out there in Ohio, man. Uh, as he was, uh, you know, you know, kicking it with, you know, with some chicks, you know what I'm saying, having a couple of dope beverages doing his thing. You know, it created a couple funny memes. Every joke was funny as hell. And then, you know, here come the, the police. He came out Monday morning, had to apologize in the press conference. And my initial reaction was, why do we care? Why does he have to apologize for being an adult and enjoying his, you know, his time? You know, if he was doing anything that was, I guess, unsavory to his relationship, that's between him and his fucking wife. That don't have nothing to do with us. That don't really necessarily have anything to do with the team. But the plot thickens as we find out that he did not board the team plane on Thursday night. Uh, heading back to Jacksonville, he stayed in Ohio, which a lot of NFL people said they've never seen be done in the NFL before. And then we start to get a little word from the uh, from the locker room is that a lot of guys on the Jacksonville Jaguars were not happy about it. They were not happy about it at all. Uh, he didn't address the team or anything like that. And even this morning, he finally apologized both to the team. And he's really, really, you know, kind of been on the hot seat right now. And I wouldn't, you know, it's it's one of those things where the owner of the Jaguars said he was extremely upset about it and that he has to kind of like, you know, take accountability for it. And he's got to build up that trust again. And this is a real interesting thing to me because 
when Urban Meyer got hired, it was kind of like a left field hiring. Everybody was like, how is this going to work? Because he's coached his whole career in college. This is not the same thing. You're going to be dealing with adults. They're pros. They're millionaires, multimillionaires. It's not the same thing as, as uh, coaching kids. And now you have this on for a start. I mean, they got a, a game this week against the Texans. Where, you know, they might be looking at 0-5 in, in the eye. And now you add this. And also on top of this, there's been rumors that Urban doesn't really want to be there. And that might have something to do with his behavior. This past weekend, I think it's a story that we need to start paying attention to. There's really not much to talk about with the Jacksonville Jaguars outside of Trevor Lawrence. And even Trevor Lawrence is having his usual rookie uh, rookie struggles. You know, um, this past Thursday it was probably the best he's played. But he's been, you know, hasn't been as, I won't say as advertised as rookie, but he hasn't been, you know, hot out the gate. So this is something I want to monitor. Uh, and, you know, maybe Urban Meyer just needs to go back to college or do something that, you know, is more in his range. You know, you got the USC opening. His name has been attached, attached to that. I would not be shocked. I'm going to put it right here. I think by week 10, Urban Meyer will not be the coach of this team. So that's like five weeks from now. I don't think he'll be the coach of the team. We're going to come back, see if I'm correct. But this just seems like something that's just not going to work out. It didn't seem like it was going to work out from a moment he got signed. But now I think shit is really hitting the fan, man. So that's going to be something that I'm interested in watching over these next couple uh, weeks, man. But um, let's get into our rundown. Uh, Monday night, I mean, Monday night, Tuesday night, we had uh, the first wild card game of the 2021 postseason. It was the rivalry, the biggest rivalry in sports between the Boston Red Sox hosting the New York Yankees. Both of these teams clinched their playoff berths on the last day of the season on Sunday. Uh, the Yankees had a nice ninth inning uh, walk-off win against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Boston Red Sox had a nice five-run comeback against the Washington Nationals on the road in, Nash- in, uh, in Washington. And so a lot of people were upset about this game. Why can't we get the Mariners in there? And, you know, we want to see new teams. Let's just cut the shit, man. As much as I was intrigued by the Mariners' run this season, you know, them winning 90 games was very impressive. Uh, but it was just a good story more than anything. Nobody actually wanted to see them in a fucking wild card game. At least I didn't. I wanted to see the best possible game I could get. And I didn't want to see the Yankees and Red Sox kick the shit out of them. I think this was the best thing we got to do, you know. And I love rivalries. When we're in an era in sports where, you know, there's not really too many rivalries out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of roster overhauls. Not really the same as used to be back in the day when, you know, teams, players would be on teams for a long time and that, that angst and that anger and that animosity between teams was built. So it's just good to kind of see these two. So, uh, as we all know, <laughs> the, um, the Houston, not the Houston, but the Boston Red Sox won six to two in that wild card game. Uh, Garrett Cole. The $350 million man who was signed two seasons ago, uh, he did not fare well. Only won two innings, gave up three runs off four hits. He came out that game. He's got a, you know, he's been getting lit up his last couple starts, man. He did not look look good on the other side of it. We had Nathan Evaldi, who won five innings, uh, only gave one arm run, run with a, one with a four hits. And one thing that's interesting about postseason baseball in this era, man, is that, you know, starters don't stay in well long. There's there's a very short leash to these guys. You know, Evaldi gave up that home run to Anthony Rizzo, got the next guy out, got somebody on first base, and Corey came out and took him out. The, 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 the leash is very, very short. But they came out there, played a very, very sound game, amazing game by Xander Bogarts, that two-run home run in the first inning, which they never looked back. And what an amazing, amazing throw from second to home, throwing out Aaron Judge when it looked like it was a clear, a clear Giancarlo Stanton. No, fuck Giancarlo. Michael Stanton. If mom name is Michael, I'm calling him Michael. Michael Stanton looked like he should have had three home runs last night. The green monster was like, get the fuck out of here, knock two of those joints down. 
And it was a very interesting send by the third base coach of the Yankees, sending Aaron Judge home. He was running like he was fucking Tom Brady to, to home play. Everybody knew he was dead. Like, the Red Sox could have had time to go get something to eat in the time he was running third to get home. And it was a great throw by Xander Bogarts. Kyle Schorber had a big home run uh, later on in the game. Uh, you never can't forget about uh, Alex Verdugo. Nice two-run single, which really kind of put the game away at 6-1, man. And the Yankees, man, the Yankees just had this problem for the last couple seasons. They're not the mighty Yankees anymore. Nobody's scared of them any longer. They're not the, the big, bad, evil empire. They're very, very beatable. And this year, they had struggled all year. You know, if we want to be, be real, if it wasn't for that 13-game hot streak they had in August, they probably wouldn't even made the playoffs, man. So they got to do a lot of evaluating, you know, when you're paying Garrett Cole all that money, and he has not been great. He has not been great, you know, in games that matter. And that's going to be a big factor. There. Is Aaron Boone going to come back? Aaron Boone has not been a good sign. You know, a lot of Yankee fans were sick of Joe Girardi. And I remember saying, be careful what you wish for. You know, Joe Girardi was the last manager to win this franchise World Series, which is like 12 years ago now in 2009. Um, you know, this is some, you know, he had some, some lean years, but Aaron Boone has given you nothing since he's been there and they really got to figure out what they're going to do. You know, Aaron judge had a great season, but are you ready to dedicate 330 million to him? A lot of interesting decisions for them on the other end, Boston Red Sox didn't even make the playoffs last year in the expanded playoffs bounce back and they are in the ALDS. And I'm going to preview that series uh, in just a moment, man. Actually, let's get into it right now. I'm not going to get to the white. Let's get into it right now. They're going up against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, another 100-plus win season. This team, man, it, I hate the Rays. I'm just going to tell you why I hate the Rays. I hate the Rays because they're the most analytical team in baseball. And I'm not the biggest fan of analytics. I do believe there's a place for it in the game. But I think when you're deciding who's better player in situations and things like that, I think you need to be a mix of both. I think you need to be a mix of analytics. And also, you know, eye test. The eye test to me is still undefeated. And they're, they're the ones who come in with their, with their, you know, their game starters where they only go a couple innings, then they bring the bullpen in, you know, getting rid of big players and, you know, chipping in the blue chippers. But this this is an interesting uh interesting series uh the Rays won the head they hit 11 to 8 in the uh in the games that they played against the Red Sox this week this year but you can throw all that out the window it's postseason and I think Boston be ready they got Chris Hale who's healthy he's a gamer you know he's probably a future Hall of Famer in the, in the making I think he's going to start game one uh I still think the Rays are gonna win I think the Rays are gonna win I think it's gonna be very competitive but I just don't see how Boston gets a win. Like, I think they'll be close. They might have a couple leads, but the Rays, I feel like the Rays, uh, last year they got so close to winning the World Series. I feel like if there's any chance for them to win, it's got to be this year. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen as far as this series. I don't have them winning the World Series, but I do think they'll win this one in a sweep 3-0. I think Boston has something to build on. I think this is a nice little core they've got. They've actually got some decent pieces in return for Mookie Betts. Now, this is not me saying they should have traded Mookie Betts. You do not trade a walking Hall of Famer in his fucking prime like Mookie Betts. But, you know, they still got some decent pieces back. So, I'm going to go with the Rays. I think the Rays are going to win this series. And they're going to move on to the ALCS for the second year in a row. Now, let's get into the White Sox and the Astros. To me, this is, as of right now, the most intriguing DS series. Now, if the Dodgers win their wild card, of course, when you watch this, you already know who won the wild card. If the Dodgers win the, world card, win the wild card, I think the most interesting series would be the Blood 
rivalry that is Dodgers Giants. You know, those fan bases hate each other and they've never met in the playoffs before. So I think that'll be the interesting series. But if it's not and the Cardinals end up winning, I think it'll be Astros, White Sox for the most important series, most entertaining series of this first round. Because you got to look at it like this, man. The uh, Astros have been the power of the American League for the last five years. Uh, they've been to the playoffs in the last five years. They've won five division titles. They won a World Series in 2017. Now, you can say they cheated, whatever. Maybe they did. Maybe they don't. They probably did. But <laughs> they won a World Series in 2017, uh, made it to the ALCS. It's when they've been to four straight ALCSs, and they went to the World Series in 2019, losing seven games to the Washington Nationals, and they were just a game away from making their third straight World Series last year, but losing to Tampa Bay in the ALCS. Uh, the White Sox, man, this is like the first real year in our quote-unquote window. And I don't really know what to expect because this team has been hurt 95 97% of the season. And outside of the last two weeks, we've not, you know, this is the first time we've actually had our squad. So I think we have the means to do it. I think we have the talent to do it. I think that this team can beat them. And I'm going to pick the White Sox. This is not a homer pick. I can see this going either way. I, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the Astros win, I would not be shocked. I think it's a very even matchup. You can even see by the predictions in the media, all the, all the experts. It's very split down the line. But I'm going to go with the White Sox. I just think it's our time. I think that this is the last year in the Astros run. Of course, Carlos Correa is a free agent. Yuli Gurriel, even though he's the batting champion in the American League, he's getting older. Um, you know, and there's a lot of question marks there. You know, they have a really good starting to, you know, Lance McCullers, he's, he's great. Um, you know, uh, Valdez, the number two guy, he's a young guy. He's a really nice, reliable second guy, but the rest of that rotation, I feel like can be hit. And I think that's an opportunity right there. I think the White Sox have to steal one of these first two games in Houston. You do not want to go home with your backs against the wall. And I think that, uh, the White Sox get it done in four. I think we get it done in four. I think they're going to steal game one today. I think they're going to win game three, and then they're going to close it out on Monday night at USA LaField. Well, it's guaranteed Ray Field, but I'm always called USA LaField or Comiskey Park on uh, Monday. And uh, I think they move on to the ALCS to play the Tampa Bay Rays, which is going to be a hell of a hell of a series, man. As far as the National League, like I said, the wild card game was going on the night that we were recording this. I don't know who's going to win that. I'm not going to even make a prediction because it's not going to matter by the time you watch this. But let's go to the other NLDS, which is solidified. It's going to be the Milwaukee Brewers hosting the Atlanta Braves. Man, a great, great comeback for the Braves to win that division. You know, the Mets have been leading that division for majority of the season. They lost their MVP in Ronald Acuna. They made some nice big additions at the trade deadline, you know what I'm saying, going out there to get Jock Peterson, going out there to get Jorge Soler, and they really came together and rallied, and I really love what they did. But with that being said, they're running into a well-oiled machine in the Milwaukee Brewers. This is a team that even though they're one of the – you know, biggest contenders to win the World Series. I don't think a lot of people are giving them the respect that they probably should. All eyes have been on Dodgers and Giants, rightfully so. That's 107 wins and 106 wins right there. But you can really say that the Brewers might have the best three starting, best starting three pitching-wise in baseball. You know, the Dodgers with them losing, with them losing uh, Clayton Kershaw for the rest of the postseason, which is a brutal, brutal, brutal blow to them, is also with them losing Max Muncie. I think it's a team that's going to be ready. I think it's a team that has all the elements of being able to win a World Series. So I think this is going to be a sweep, too. <laughs> I got two sweeps so far in my predictions. I think the Brewers are going to take care of them. And I don't really think it's going to be that much close. I think they're going to really, you know, 
put their will on them, and I think this is going to be a quick out for the Braves. Wish the Braves had nothing to hang their hat on. They've done a lot without their MVP, and Ronald Acuna should be back sometime next season. So that's where I'm going to go with my uh, Major League playoff uh, predictions, man, and uh, we're going to get into it now with uh, Bears Talk, my brother, when we come back. Welcome back to another edition of 79th and Hallis Minute here on I'm Not Gonna Hold You. As usual, I got my brother, my co-host on the show, Flows. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at FlowsAndyLeany. We're here to talk about another week at Hallis Hall. Um, but an official announcement was made on the whole quarterback controversy that's been going on from the minute Justin Fields has been drafted. I'm going to give the podium to Old Advisor Boy here as he makes the official announcement. I told you the last couple of weeks we've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's uh, it's it's led to making a decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning. And I think what needs to be understood is that um, from Justin's side. You know, with the injury, the, the the plan and the process that we had going into this um, was important to understand. And and then when Andy unfortunately got hurt with his with his knee, that sped the process up. That sped the plan up. And so, um, I've always said from the beginning to everybody in here, to our players, coaches, to to to, to y'all when y'all ask, is that um, we'll know. And. Um, he's done everything to, to show us that he's ready for this opportunity. Um, I think that uh, Coach Laser has done an amazing job at, at really helping to get this process going, uh, just the whole thing in general. Um, I, I just He makes my job as a head coach a heck of a lot easier, and, and that I appreciate. It's been awesome. Well, 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 is that accountability or is it not accountability? Not only the officially named Justin Fields the starting quarterback, Forever. It's over. The Justin Fields era is here. He also gave Bill Lazor his proper respect, which he didn't do on Sunday, which is amazing. And I think we can pretty much take that as he's going to be calling plays from here on out. He even said that he's never had as much control of all three phases of the game like he did on Sunday. Now, going to give this to you. What are your opinions on what we heard? I haven't heard Nagy this transparent since his first year here. Um, well... It- I guess it's a sort of a mixed blend um, feeling right now or mixed feeling right now, because last year when he gave plays up to Bill Lazor, the Bears were not in a good position record wise or there was no hope that the Bears would be in a good position record wise. Then Bill Lazor takes over play calling and they went over a little stretch of three wins or four wins. I'm not 100 percent sure. And then he snatches play calling right back at the end. To see him do it now at two and two, and the just a quarter of the season has happened, it's a little more encouraging, and that may be a sign of a growth and development uh, with him as a, a head coach. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it's nice to see him acknowledge that Bill Lazor called a good game last year. Those games that they won, he was calling good games, and then understanding that okay, I don't have to put up with this essentially charade. Or I'm not going to allow this charade with Andy Dalton to go on because it was a charade. There's nothing serious going on with starting Andy Dalton. You know, and of course, it's like, what does Big Cat say on Twitter? Andy Dalton's a good guy, though, because we're always reminded that Andy <laughs> Dalton's a good guy. And I think it's because a lot of journalists and a lot of, you know, beat reporters like myself, 
end up having or developing relationships with these people. And so we won't have the same sort of, you know, we won't be just be willing to say, well, you know, F this guy, he needs to leave. F this, F that. Well, no. So because you have an everyday interaction with him. That being said, it was a charade to even have Andy Dalton starting in the first place. It should have been the straight up quarterback competition at camp from the get go. And Justin Fields should have been. And if he did that, Justin Fields should have had the opportunity from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but the past is the past. And with that injury, unfortunately, a lot of quarterbacks in history, namely the GOAT, have got their positions from a quarterback being injured. It's unfortunate for the starting quarterback. But when you have a better quarterback lying in wait, what's the point of holding them back any longer? And then after a situation where Justin Fields proved that he will throw the ball downfield, and I'm not talking five yards, I'm talking 10, 15, the intermediate and the deep, it was no reason to even sit with Andy Dalton and have him even act like it was some sort of stability with him as the starting quarterback. Yeah, that 66-yard bomb we've seen to Darnell Mooney. Who's last quarterback? Jay Cutler? That was a 40-yard bomb, sir. 40. Okay, my bad. Well, it was 40 in the air, but then 20 yards. So 60. 60. It was extra 20 with uh with the with the yak that uh Darnell Mooney had. Uh now of course we will be in the building for the official start of the Justin Fields era in Las Vegas at the new Ra- at the new uh Raiders Stadium. Uh Allegiant Stadium. Is it pronounced? See, I pronounced it right. Yeah, I fucked it up on uh on two minute drill, but I got it, I got it right this time. But um, yeah, man, so what are we looking forward to this week? You know, this is a uh, this is a team that just lost last week, the Raiders, in a in a game against the Chargers. Um, this is a team where I don't feel like they're as good as their record shows. I think that you know some plays can definitely be made on uh, for the defense. You know, the defense Bears lead the league in sacks, which was something that was kind of shocking to me, especially at the game where <laughs> this offensive line gave nine alone to the fucking Cleveland Browns. So the fact that that defense is, is still doing that, Khalil Mack is having a great year. Robert Quinn's finally looking like the dude we all uh, wanted when he was signed. Still no word on Hakeem Hicks. Uh, of course, when when this is when you'll be watching this, there should be a word out. But as of Wednesday's practice, there was no word on his uh, availability. What things can the Bears' defense do? Because I think that's the number one thing right here that they can do to win this game. Because you got to look out for Waller. You got to watch, look out for Renfro. I think those are two dudes who can potentially have really big games. Um. Well, one thing for sure is with Waller. For some reason, he's not being targeted in the red zone. I would know because he's ruining my parlays. But Hunter Renfro has been getting yards after catch with his ability. He's also catching these, you know, crossing routes. A lot of those crossing, all those pick plays that people like to call, are where Hunter Renfro makes his money. All those deep post routes, those deep, deep in routes, that's what deep out routes. That's where he's making his money. So the Bears will have a challenge in man coverage when running against those two. And then Waller is just a fantastic uh, tight end, you know, skill wise. You know, that being said, their defensive line, I do not think is their strength. I like their linebacking core. Their cornerbacks or their defensive backs are lacking. And were part of the reason why they lost was because uh, Justin Herbert was picking on their defensive backs. The biggest thing for the Bears will have to struggle with is what will happen with Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert as the two feature backs right now. Uh, Khalil Herbert, which I think has potential to be better than people think he will be, is still a rookie. Damian Williams has never been the the, the main back uh, back in the system. And you won't know about his, of course, status until the injury report later today because today is the first practice. So you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three practices to know what's going on with Damian Williams, though they're assuming it's not anything serious. I think the best thing will still be for 
them to get a run game established. Justin Fields was doing as well as he was doing because David Montgomery was destroying them on the ground. If you could get that started, then I think Justin Fields will have a good game. And of course, it will get to a point where Justin Fields will be able to just throw, you know, as, as much as Justin Herbert, uh, another quarterback like him, or Mac Jones. Mac Jones was throwing a, a hell of a lot in his uh, last game against the Buccaneers. But right now, I think the best thing to do is to set up that run attack, is to let Damian Williams, who is very, very great in open space, and to let Khalil Herbert, who I think has very good vision, open up those pockets, so open up that space for when they stop blitzing Justin Fields and start to respect him. And then when you do that, I think you can find a good balance and. Uh, Bill Lazor called 39 rushes last game. So they should call something north of 30 again if they want to win. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I know uh, Ian Rappaport said that, you know, they're hoping, Bears are hoping that that um, Damian Williams play this week. It's not as bad as people were expecting. Uh, David Montgomery's definitely going to be a huge blow, but I, I'm with you. I think Damian, uh, David Williams can hold it down. You know, he was – the primary back in Kansas City year that won the Super Bowl. Now, granted, that KC offensive line is better than this one, but as we saw last week, this offensive line hasn't been as bad as a lot of people thought it was going to be. So I think it's an opportunity. I'm really interested to see what we're going to get from Khalil Herbert, too. You know, he met the media on Wednesday, and I think he's going to be a big part of this game plan. And you're right, as great as Justin was, that's under, he didn't throw the ball out. It was only 17 passes, mm-hmm. uh, 11 for 17, which is pretty good. Uh, he had an opportunity to throw a touchdown. You know, if, if uh, Cole Komet didn't do Cole Komet things, uh, you know, to fuck that up. But I'm with you. I, I, I'm just excited for the rest of the season because, like, win or lose, we have something to watch now. And we can stop doing this back and forth nonsense every every Monday. Like, oh, is Nagy going to comment on a quarterback? Like, we ain't got to do that no more. Now, here's the question I have for you. Do you think this was a front office call of Virginia and Ryan said, okay, okay, Matt, cut the fucking shit. We signed this kid, go out there and play him, or did Matt finally come to his fucking senses? I'm going to say it's probably a combination of both. Um... Because in Matt Nagy's tone, it seems like a person who had to make a tough decision. And Matt Nagy likes to wear his emotions on his sleeve. When you know something's up with him, you know. Like the last game where I said, you know, he was salty after that win. I don't know if it's because Bill Lazor was getting praised or Justin Fields was getting praised, but he looked salty. This one, it just seemed like a person who had to make a tough decision, had to call his starting quarterback, who is now healthy, and tell him, you know, you're going to the number two position. Um but then also, of course, is Ryan Pace. I don't know how much Virginia has, you know, personally spoken out because she has her son and so many other McCaskies in her organization. But I'm going to I'm going to go with what uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy say. It was collaboration. It was a collaborative <laughs> effort. I'm going to say it was effort. it was probably them coming through and saying, you know, they're not going to listen to fan pressure. But seeing the fact that Justin moved the ball better than any quarterback has in quite some time it was probably best to go with him and then let him get those rookie mistakes out. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, man. It was just, you know, it, it's just it's just great to see. It was great. It's a breath of fresh air in Chicago sports right now with Justin Fields finally being a starting quarterback. The Bulls look decent. There's no reason I should have been losing my mind over a fucking preseason game like that the other day. That's just how bad the Bulls have been in the last four years. White Sox begin the playoffs today as you hear this. Game one will be beginning in an hour when you're watching this. But uh, so it's a great time, man. So let's talk about our trip to Vegas this week because this will be your first road game, my first game. Be my second road game, sir. That's why I meant second. My bad. I meant second game. Second road game. This will be my first game, period. I'm very excited to see what the new black hole looks like. 
It's going to be a large contingent of Bears fans there. Now, there was already going to be a lot of people expecting to be there, but now that Justin's going to be the starter, I'm expecting for us to be pretty loud. A lot of people reached out to us on our Twitter about, you know, uh, that they're going to be at the game. What are you expecting to see just environment-wise when we're going to compare it to what you saw in Cleveland? Oh, more than Cleveland, there were Bears fans there, you know, make no mistake. But, of course, Cleveland runs deep and they love their team. Um, when it comes to Las Vegas and Raiders, I know Raiders fans travel. And I know Raiders fans that were in Oakland, Los Angeles are still fans of their Raiders. So I really don't know what I will see in terms of traveling. I know Bears fans travel just as uh, uh, any other major market team would. But how will it go for the Raiders after having made that move to Vegas? I mean, it's only four hours away from Los Angeles where they were a while ago. And I'm not sure how far it is from Oakland. You'd have to let me know. I don't really know myself. Um, but I'm probably expecting probably maybe 20% of Bears fans are going to be there. Um, it's not like where it was with the Rams a couple seasons ago where it was this was basically Bear County or Bear Country there. I'm going to expect it's it still to be dominated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm expecting to still be dominated by Raider fans, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a nice contingent of Bears fans. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be more like 70-30, 70% Raider fans, 30% Bears fans, which is still pretty pretty good for uh, a road team, man. So, uh, is there anything else we want to get at before you know before our podcast this week? I don't think there's too much. Uh, just the, the basic news. Justin's a starter, man. Uh, as usual, you know to follow him at Flows Andalini. You can follow the pod 79th and Hallis on Twitter and Instagram. Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Barbershare Network. We've been doing video now for the pod. So if you want any of the pod videos for the regular pod or the preview pod, you need to subscribe. And we've been doing post-game videos, which we just started this week. Full post-game recap. Cap. Of course, we'll give our predictions on this week's preview pod. As usual, this has been the 79th and Hallis uh, Minute. We need to find a sponsor. Uh, we, need to, we need to hit Lero. We need to get Harold to sponsor us for, for this uh, segment, man. So, uh, as usual, we'll have, have you back next week. All right, let's get into our week four recap in the NFL. For the second week in a row, I went 12 and 4 in my predictions. I'm doing pretty fucking good. My first week, I had a little, I did not have a good week my first week. I went 7 and 9. These last two weeks, I've done pretty, pretty good. Uh, 12 and 4 back to back weeks makes my total is 44 and 20 for the season on my predictions. You know what that means. You should listen to me when I tell you who's going to win the fucking game. Light skinned Negro Domus is here. But uh, let's get into my top. Three storylines from week four, man. I'm going to start with my number one storyline, Arizona Cardinals. Making a huge statement, man. They are 4-0 to start this season. You know, coming to this year, it was uh, it was a lot of pressure on the Cardinals. You know, could Kyler Murray have a, a great season, not fall off like he did the, 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 the you know, second half of the season last year? Cliff Kingsbury, he was on the hot seat. They've come out firing all cylinders. The defense has been great. Kyler Murray has to be the front runner for the MVP. I mean, he's just been fucking phenomenal, and they've just been rolling. You, they go into a, you know, a nice environment, hostile environment. You can say that now because the Rams actually have a home field advantage at SoFi. And uh, they went out there, and they knocked the Rams in the fucking mouth. They knocked them in the mouth very, very quickly, really, you know, asserted their dominance, let them know that, yo, this is, we're here too. You know, everybody's talking about Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald, Jalen Rams. They went out there, and they made a statement, man. I really love what I saw. And I'm not ready to call them official Super Bowl contenders yet, 
want to see a little bit more, but I love what I'm seeing. I think the most difficult thing about Kyler Murray is he just moves so fast. And the way he moves in and outside the pocket is like by the time you think you got him cornered, he either spins his way out of traffic or he makes an incredible fucking play down the field. And I think that's just the amazing thing about this team. You see DeAndre Hopkins is having a great season. A.J. Green, they're getting everybody involved. And I think this is a team to be reckoned with, man. And they are on my radar, man. I'm paying attention to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, my second storyline coming out of week four, the Titans. Titans are on fucking fraud alert, bro. Titans are on fraud alert. They're one of my favorite teams coming into the season. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Tannehill guy. I love that defense. I love Derrick Henry. He's my favorite running back in the league. You know, they had uh, they got Julio Jones to bring on with A.J. Brown, but they have not been, you know, as, as expected. You know, they just had an overtime loss this week to the New York Jets of all fucking 10. They had Zach Wilson look like he was a fucking second coming out there, man. And now they got a game this week <laughs> against the Jaguars. And they lose that one, man. We got to really, really talk about, you know, is Mike Vable's job security going to be a topic for the rest of the season, man? Uh, so I've got my eyes on that. I got them on fraud alert. They got to wake up. They got to wake up. I do not like what I've seen from this team. And they're in a vision where, you know, they're not going to really have too, too much competition. I know the Colts, the Colts finally won their first game. I don't think they're going to be doing much. So it's not going to really, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt them too much in the vision. But if they have bigger goals, they got to get this shit together, man. So I'm putting the Titans on fraud alert. My third and final storyline coming out of week four, Justin fucking Herbert. Jay Herbo went out there, put out on put out a show this past Monday night against the Oakland Raiders. Was looking phenomenal. By the way, I don't know what the NFL did, man. They kind of bogus for giving the Chargers not putting not keeping the Chargers in San Diego. There was absolutely no home field presence for them. That sounded like a fucking Raider game this past Monday. Like I've always said, Los Angeles is the number one team in Los Angeles is still the Raiders. Then I would say it had to be the Cowboys, then it'll be the Rams. It's definitely not the fucking Chargers. I've never seen the team have to do a silent count at home. But with that being said, my point is I think Herbert and Mahomes is gonna be this era's new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Even better than that because they're in the same fucking division. You know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning will only, you know, meet like once a year if we were lucky. We could see these two twice a year, every fucking year. And I think that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' arrogance, a lot of that comes from the fact they didn't think that nobody could fuck with them. And now they've got somebody who comes in there and he, you know, just like Justin Herbert did last week at Arrowhead, put his feet up on their couch, man. And he's out there showing that this is a team to be reckoned with. Had a big, big play. That defense is stepping up. Derwin James with a, a great interception to uh to steal that seal that game against against the Raiders. Austin Eckler was looking great. And I think this is a team that's gonna be rival, man. And, and no easy paths. For Patrick Mahomes, he's got another top dog. He's got another top dog out there, and this is something that I'm excited as just a football fan. And if you're a fan of the league, if you're, if you're an NFL fan, if you're the NFL in general, if you're Roger Goodell, you got to be loving this, you know, with the new era of quarterbacks. Everybody was wondering what's going to happen with, you know, after Peyton Manning retired and, you know, after Drew Brees retired, looks like Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger has been retired for two seasons. He just hasn't officially retired. But Ben Roethlisberger stakes now. Uh, you know, the only one who's still playing good is the dude Wayne Paul's playing well. It's Tom fucking Brady. So it's good to see this new era of quarterbacks. And we've kind of got two leaders of the new school now with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So I think that's going to be the next big rivalry, man. And I just can't wait to watch these dudes over these next 10, 15 years. Uh, we're going to get into my top three must-watch games of week five. Last week, my number one watch game was Patriots Buccaneers, and I think it, it it somewhat lived up to the billing. It was not the blowout that I thought it was going to be. Uh, Brady looked nervous. 
Uh, you know, he looked like, you know, you know, I think Bill played great defense. Bill played great defense on him, but it was just, you know, it was just, just too much. You know, Mac Jones, as well as he played, and I think Mac did pretty fucking good. I give Mac credit, especially in a huge situation like that where, you know, pretty much the, the god of New England returned. And he I think he held his own, but he didn't have, make any splash plays to really win that game. And then, of course, the kicker failed him. And I know Patriots fans are like, oh, this is how it feels to be on the other end of a, of a missed kick? Yeah, that's not something that they're used to. But this week for my number three uh, must-watch game this week, I'm going to go with the Rams and the Seahawks. Man, the Seahawks got a, a big win last week against the 49ers. Uh, that I said they were going to win and when they needed to not, you know, look down a you know, potential disastrous season. And now they're going to be hosting the Rams. Every time the Rams and Seahawks play, it's always a phenomenal game. Remember the game last year. You know, just years countless after that. It's been one of the best rivalries of last year. And the Rams looking to bounce back this week uh, to try to, you know, get back on the winning th- side of things, man. So that's going to be my number three uh, most watched game. Number two, Chargers-Browns at SoFi Stadium. The Browns, man, Browns are an interesting team because, you know, even though they're 3-1, and one, I'm not impressed. Really not impressed. They barely got out of Minnesota with a win last week. Baker, Baker Mayfield looked terrible. I've never been a Baker Mayfield guy. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I think he's high-quality mid, and he gets away with murder. And I think he's going to be the main reason why if this Browns team doesn't live up to their preseason potential by a lot of people, and I say a lot of people because I haven't bought the hype. Um, so he's got to show something to me this week against the Chargers, a much better team. I think it's the probably I won't say the best team. San City is probably the best team they play, but this is you know one of, a team that's on the caliber in the same conversation as the Kansas City Chiefs and a road game. So they got to go out there and show me something in this one. So that'd be my number two most watched game. My number one m- number one must watch game of week five will be Sunday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. The Kansas City Chiefs will be hosting the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills have been, after that tough loss at home week one against the Steelers, they've been kicking everybody's ass. Defense has been looking phenomenal. You know, Josh Allen has been looking great. Like I said, he was going to look this season. My uh, Super Bowl pick for AFC representing is looking pretty fucking good. But this is a, a big, big situation for the Bills, more than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs could lose this game, and I still don't think we will waver from what we think about the Chiefs. The Bills have a chance to go out here and make a statement. Like, yo, we are a legit contender. We can come here, not only beat the Chiefs, but we can go in their house and beat the Chiefs. So that's going to be my number one must-watch game for this week. So let's get into our Week 5 predictions, man. Uh, Tonight, like I said, Thursday Night Football, Seahawks and Rams. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Going to go with the Seahawks. I think they're going to start to get some momentum right here. I think they're going to win their second game in a row. They're at home. These games are always predictable. I could see the Rams winning this game, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I just don't think they're going to go under 500. I don't think they can you know, afford to do that in such a tough division. I think Russ is going to go out there and get the job done. Falcons-Jets is a terrible game. You shouldn't waste your time watching this bullshit. But I have a job to make predictions, so I will do so. Uh, I'm going to have the Falcons win this one. The Falcons, you know, you know, coughed it up at the crib last week against the Washington football team, but the Jets are terrible. I'm not finna get fooled by that win over that they had last week against the, the Titans. It was a good win. I thought Zach Wilson looked pretty fucking phenomenal. Uh, but I'm going with the Falcons uh, to, you know, to win this one over the Jets, man. But I'm not going to be watching a second this fucking game. As usual, my Bears picks will not be on the show. If you want to hear about my Bears Raiders pick, tune in to 79th and Alice this week on Saturday for our preview podcast. Uh, Packers, Bengals, man. I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. Uh, they're going to have a big injury. Jair Alexander had a huge injury last week to his shoulder. They don't know the 
full significance of it, but they're expecting him to miss a lot of time. With that being said, I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Um, I actually like what I've seen from the Bengals so far. This is too much of a big task for him. I think Joe Burrow has the opportunity to put up some good numbers against that defense, but they're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, you know, is finally getting his feet wet after a rough week one, and I think this is going to be a double-digit win for the Green Bay Packers. Vikings and Lions last week against the Browns. It's quintessential, quintessential Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He, the real Kirk Cousins showed his head, you know, to show how, you know, how he can look amazing one minute and look like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league the next minute. Uh, had a tough loss to the Browns. Now, with that being said, they're playing the Detroit Lions. I'm sick and tired of people talking about this. Oh, Detroit Lions for the last, I'll say, five years. They'd be like, well, they're building something. Watch out for them. They've been in games. Yeah, but they still losing those fucking games. And we saw this past week against the Bears. As bad as shit was for the Bears heading to that game. The Detroit Lions are still the fucking Detroit Lions. I don't care what you say. They're a terrible fucking team. They've been terrible. They're going to always fucking be terrible. And I'm so happy that Jared Goff is in my division and we get to play him two times a week, two times a year. That being said, I got the Vikings winning this game. I think Kirk Cousins and the crew bounce back. And uh, they're going to move uh, to, uh, you know, two and three on the season. Uh, next next game, we got Broncos, Steelers. Eventually, Mike Tomlin's going to have to make a decision about Ben Roethlisberger, man. This dude is fucking terrible right now. And like I said last week, the biggest problem that the Steelers have is they don't have a successor. You know, you have no problem continue to bring your franchise quarterback back, a guy who's won you two Super Bowls. There's no problem with that. But you should always have a guy waiting in the wings, and they have not done that. And I think it's going to be a long-term problem, and it's going to be a short-term problem because I think the Broncos are going to win this one. Uh, Broncos had a nice little blowout victory against uh, – actually, no, they got their ass kicked last week. I'm, I'm tripping. Ravens won. Uh, Ravens won last week. But I think the Broncos are going to bounce back this week, have a nice win over the Steelers. I'm not expecting nothing from Roethlisberger uh, this week. Uh, the Buccaneers are going to be going to Miami to play the Miami Dolphins, who are led currently by Jacoby Brissett. Uh, not expecting much from this game. It's another game that I won't be paying too much fucking attention to. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one, man. Uh, then we have the Saints. Saints and the Washington football team. The Saints had a, uh, another team that had a tough loss to a team they had no fucking business losing to, which was the New York New York Giants. They lost in overtime in that game. I do think they'll bounce back. Um, Washington has been a team that they've been pretty decent. Not as good as I thought they were going to be, but go with the Saints. I think Jameis is going to have a solid game, and I think that defense is going to make some plays and uh, get a couple picks, get a couple turnovers on Taylor Heineke and that uh, Washington offense. Panthers, Eagles, man. I got to give a shout-out to the Panthers. The Panthers are looking pretty solid out here, even though they lost last week to the Cowboys. They held their own for, you know, a nice little half before that Cowboy defense, which is really starting to look good, really, really started to sink their teeth into them. But as of today, they have traded for Stephon Gilmore, who used to be formerly with the New England uh, New England Patriots. So that's going to be a good boost to their already pretty good defense. And I think they're going to have a bounce-back game. I think that uh, Sam Donald's going to be great. And the Eagles really haven't shown me shit at all this season. I'm not a, a Jalen Hurst guy by any stretch of the means. I think the Panthers go out here and get this W. Titans and Jaguars, like I've mentioned, like we've mentioned on this podcast, they're on frauds. They're on fraud alerts right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They cannot afford to lose this game, especially with everything going on with Urban Meyer. But I will say that the Titans will win this game. Uh, Pats over Texans, another who gives a shit game. Going to go with the Pats. Oh, that Texans are fucking terrible. Chargers-Browns. Like I said, this is a game for the Browns. They got to show me something. I need to see a real defined, definitive W here against an actual pretty fucking good team. With that being said, will not happen this week. Going with the Chargers to win this game. 
Cowboys, Giants. I think we, we're, we're getting to a point we might have to actually consider that the Cowboys are a legit threat in the NFC. Still holding out a little bit because the Cowboys and the Cowboys always do Cowboys shit sometime of the season. The rails fall off, but I think this defense has been really good. Trevon Diggs has been awesome, you know, leading the league in interceptions. Dak Prescott looks elite. And they're going against the Giants. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one. Cardinals, Niners. Now, this week might be Trey, Trey Lance's first official start. We don't know what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo and his uh, injury. You know, he thought it was going to be a couple weeks, but then Adam Schefter came out and said that he could play this week. So, we probably won't know to this weekend who's starting. Either way, I'm going to go with the Cardinals to go 5-0 on the season. doesn't really matter who's the quarterback to me, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. I think if it's Jimmy G, they'll have more of a shot. I'm not the biggest Trey Lance guy. I know everybody was like, you know, look at him. You know, he had that nice 80-yard bomb to Debo Samuel. That had more to do with Debo Samuel was just fast as shit. That was a terrible fucking throwing ball. Uh, anytime the receiver got to stop to catch the fucking ball, it wasn't the best fucking pass. But with that being said, I think the Cardinals win this one. Uh, Chiefs-Bills, big game, like I said, in my must-watch games, my number one must-watch game of the week. Bills have to, have, have to go out there and make a statement. Now, I do think in the playoffs, the Bills will get their lick back and they will go and, and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. But that shit will not happen in week five. I got the Chiefs winning this game on Sunday Night Football. And then we've got a nice Monday Night Football game between the Ravens and the Colts. Ravens been pretty good, man. Lamar Jackson been throwing the ball pretty well, man. Keep that shit up. A lot of people think I hate Lamar. I didn't. I do not. I just have criticism about how the way he throws the football. He's been shutting me up the last couple weeks, man. He was big last week in uh, Denver. Was huge week before that in Detroit. And I think they get another big win at the crib against the Colts, man. So those are my week five predictions. And now we're going to get into our gambling. Welcome to the Gambling with Mikey segment again, man. We got the homie Mikey back in here after a week hiatus. Uh, last week, you know, we had to tweet out the odds. Uh, I think you said you had a good week this week. What, what happened over your last week? Yeah, man, we had a we had a good week, especially on the props. Um, that parlay was looking good, man. Uh, we lost the parlay off of the Bucks, man. That was an ugly ass game. Um, you know, I, I yeah, you know, we should should have known better, man. Belichick, the mastermind, he's seen everything from Tom Brady. He's responsible for all of that. Um, to some degree, so you know they made it basically. Hey, you know he's gonna take field get, field goals to beat us. So we lost the parlay off of that. They couldn't cover the six and a half, but uh, we back at him this week, man. And I like I like a few games and might even you know might even throw some baseball picks. Okay, let's let's get into it. What do you have for us this week with the with the NFL? Uh, for the NFL, man, we are gonna kick it off with this Thursday night game, man. We getting a uh, a much better matchup this week, Thursday night, man, with the Rams and Seahawks. Uh, I love the I love the Rams, man. We're gonna take the Rams money line outright to beat the Seahawks. I think last week was a trap, you know. Um, you're coming off a big win versus the Bucks in your own place. You know, you got LeBron up in there, you got Magic in there, you rub, you got everybody under the sun there to see Tom Brady, and um, you know they they came out, they whooped his ass, and then Kyler came through and and. Shit it on Shut it all down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he went crazy, man. Kyler, I was, I was thinking Cliff and, and, uh, and Kyler won the hot seat, but, man, that's got to be the MVP front runner. Yeah. So uh, I'm go, we're going to run with the Rams, man, the Rams, the Rams money line. Um, I love the Packers money line this week, too, man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, is, is he, he's rolling, man. That's a bad boy. After that week one loss, 
Uh, last three games, man, he's got nine TDs, zero picks. Passer ratings looking insane. They're putting up 30 points a game over the last three weeks. I know, um, you know, they got some injuries on the in the secondary, and they're going up against Joe Burrow. But I do not see the Packers losing to the Bengals, man. So we're gonna take the bank. We're gonna take the Packers money line, um, and I like that minus three as well on the spread, man. They should definitely beat the Bengals by a touchdown at least. Um, and man, with my next pick, this is the fade Urban Meyer play. We're taking the <laughs> Titans. We're taking the Titans Bigger. minus four and a half. Hey, man. If the Titans lose to the Jaguars, run to run to your to your nearest bookie, run to your nearest casino, and throw some money on Mike Vrabel to be the first coach fired. Because I think that seat is getting warm, man. Uh, so we're going to go with that, that minus four and a half, man. I think the Titans will go ahead and take care of the Jaguars. They should get one, if not two, of their wide receivers back, man, and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So I, I love the Titans to bounce back, uh, back this week and, and, and take care of the, uh, the hopeless Jaguars, man. That, you know what's crazy is that Trevor went crazy last week. It was a close game. They looked like they were building some positive momentum. And that old horny-ass Urban had to fuck it all up. <laughs> he was like, man, let's wrap this shit up. I got bars to hit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, have you seen these white girls lately with their ass? <laughs> he was out. He was out, man. So, yeah, we, def- we definitely on the Titans, man. Definitely. So let's get into now. Of course, you got your White Sox jersey on now. As y'all be watching this, the uh, game should be starting in about 10, 10 minutes by the time y'all watching this. So uh, game one, White Sox and the Astros, man. Uh, tell us, you know, quick, you know, what you do. You have any betting odds for this series of the game, or you de- betting on something else? Well, you can. You, I mean, you can go and bet on the actual series winner. Um, Right now, the Astros are favored. You can get the White Sox at like uh, plus one thirty six to win the series. You throw a hundred dollars, you win one hundred and thirty six bucks. Um, I'm looking at Game Two. Uh, you you can already see the line is up. We already know who Houston is throwing out. They're throwing Framber out there. Um, I love I love this for us. I love this man. If we can steal Game One, if the White Sox can steal Game One and going into Game Two against Framber Valdez with that, isn't he a rookie? Uh, he's not a rookie. He's a, he's that young and up and coming stuff, man. He's he's really okay. nice, man. He's he's a, he's he's a solid number two. Um, there's a drop off though after you know you go McCullers, you go Framber, and then I think they're you know I think I think they're very gettable. Um, we saw that when they came you know to to the crib in in July. So uh, the White Sox are underdogs, man. In the first two games, you can uh, they're plus one twenty six today. Um, going up again, you know you got Lance Lynn going up against um you know Lance McCullers. But I love tomorrow's game. I love game two. Um, I'm definitely going to put, you know, throw some money down on the White Sox with Giolito um, to beat Framber Valdez. Um, it's plus 108, $100, wins you 108 bucks. Um, we, we're, de- we're definitely on that, man. And um, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm thinking I'm, I'm taking White Sox in four. We're not going back to Houston. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I said that earlier, White Sox and four. I just kind of feel like this is just our time, man. You know, there was a little scared with the Abreu uh, news, you know, when it came out. You know, I was panicking a little bit. But, you know, shout out to Houston. They've been running the AL for the last five years. They didn't been. They won a World Series. They went to another one two years ago. They were game away from making three straight World Series. But I just think it's our time. I think it's our time, and I think uh, they have to win this in four. I don't really like our odds in a winner-take-all game on the road. 
Uh, so yeah, man. Let's uh, let's steal one of those uh, one of those first two games, man. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, it's the same way, you know. And um, you know, I and and when it comes to the playoffs, I hate the term steal a game because you got to win. You know, it ain't no stealing. Just go out there and win, man. But definitely, I think we can. I think we can get to them in Houston. Uh, come back to the crib Sunday. Sunday's gonna be an epic Chicago sports day. Um, yeah. I know for you living in L.A., me and Miami now, but we're both in the crib. Chicago, you know, this upcoming Sunday is one of those days, you know, that me personally, I miss. You know, the city's going to be fucking all fire. You got the Chicago Marathon to start the morning. You go in some Bears at Raiders. You end it with a White Sox home game, blackout. You know, what more can you ask for, man? It's definitely one. I definitely miss the vibe in the city. When, when it's a big sports day, because Chicago's probably like a top three sports city. You know what I'm saying? I put it up there. New York is probably another one, and then maybe Boston, maybe I'll put up there. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah. I would say um, as far as fandom, I think you got to put Philly in there. That's some fucking Philly, crazy. Philly. They some crazy yeah. asses, and they love their sports. But definitely, yeah. man, the weather's going to be 81 degrees. It might be a little Ooh. overcast. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to be I'm gonna be in attendance. In a blackout, drunk. Hopefully, it's it's you know. I think it might be Dylan Cease or Rodon, one of the two, man. But I, I think we can get it done, man. I, I think, like you said, this is our year. Re- regardless, the matchups are tough. This is the best of the AL, yeah. the best of the NL. Um, and I and I and I think I like our chances up against anybody, man. I'm with you, man. You'll be in the blackout. I'll be in the new black hole. So <laughs> let's get into it, man. As usual, man. You tell them where they can follow you at, man. Where they can get in tune with you. Yeah, definitely, man. You can follow me on Twitter at JR underscore Solito. And then there's a reverse on Instagram, Solito underscore JR. Uh, that, you know, I got a lot of picks. I might have a, a, a six-point teaser, too, for the NFL that I might throw okay. out there. Um, I might throw out there tonight. So, you know, stay tuned on Twitter. I'm going to, you know, I'll post all our plays and we'll do a recap, man, Monday. Now, thank you to the homie Mikey for joining us, man, as usual. Tap in him for all your gambling uh, request man and gambling uh, picks uh, We're gonna wrap this up with my goofy mug Of the week Gotta get this goofy mug to a week to a former bear man Our former defensive coordinator I love this guy It's Vic Fangio but I gotta give it to him For the way he was crying in the post game Against the against losing to the Ravens Last week about how they were trying to run up The score and you know how they ran on that Last play instead of taking a knee So they could go ahead and get the record My thing is this man I, I believe in running up the score I truly believe. I truly believe in running up the score. If you have a problem with teams running up the score, stop them. Play fucking defense. If you don't want them to do that, stop them. I don't believe in, you know, oh, we got to do all this so we can make you feel better. Fuck that. This is fucking competition, man. And that's exactly what the Ravens did. They took no playoff. And when you're about winning by that so much, fuck it. You might as well go out there and get the fucking record, man. So I'm not trying to hear that shit. I don't want him to, oh, you expect that from team with class. I don't want to hear that. I'm actually kind of shocked. I heard that from Vic Fangio because my whole time knowing Vic Fangio, him being the Bears defensive coordinator, he's somebody who, you know, he really doesn't complain about much. So I was really kind of shocked about that one, man. But I'm going to give Michael Mark of the Week to Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio man. Let's let's stop that, man. If you have a problem, you should have stopped him from running all them damn yards to begin with, and he wouldn't even have an opportunity to break that fucking record, man. But as usual, this has been another episode of I'm Not Going to Hold You. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I am your host, Scott. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bob Chess Scott. You can follow HB Media TV on Twitter at HB Media TV. You can follow them on Instagram at HB Media. You can follow the Barber's Chair Network at Barber's at, at Barber Chair Net 
on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barbershop Network. Of course, I'll be in Vegas this weekend covering uh, the Bears uh, Bears Raiders game for 7th Hallis and the Barbershop Network. If you are in Vegas, holler at me, man. Tweet me. Let me know what you're going to do. Maybe we can get up, get a drink, do a halftime or something, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing any of y'all out there. And, uh, yeah, man, welcome to the Justin Fields era. Chicago Bears fans. Good luck to the White Sox. Hopefully we bring home the Commissioner's Trophy in a couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, man, y'all have a great fucking week, great fucking weekend. Enjoy the MLB playoffs. We out. Triple double hat trick, I know the cold too. Ice trade, go for trade, yeah, we cold too. Getting paper on these player haters, old news. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you.